You're listening to a Richwood Church podcast. Well, I don't know about you, but I love Easter Sunday. It's a day that brings hope. We are entering a new season, I think. We actually prayed outside today, and I had forgotten that there was an outside. So that was awesome. But Easter is so much more than just a festive holiday. It's about hope. It's about life change. And when I share with you this morning what it's about, I'm really excited because I think that it could change your life forever. You know, the, the real message of Easter was born out of an incredible miracle. And we see this in the book of Matthew. Something stunning took place. And here's what the Lord's disciple wrote in Matthew 28, 1 through 10. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and another Mary went to see the tomb, and behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow, and for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. For I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He's not here, for he has risen. And he said, come, see the place where he lay. Then quickly, and tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead, and behold, he's going before you to Galilee, and there you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, and ran to tell his disciples, and behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings! And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. What a moment. Sabbath was over. And so Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Jesus, went to finish anointing the body. They had to rush him off of the cross Before Sabbath, so they went back to finish. And when they arrived, all of these supernatural things began to happen. There was a great earthquake. A a stone that would have been four feet in diameter, heavy stone was just rolled away from the entrance of the tomb. An angel descended from heaven, and these hardened Roman soldiers apparently just fainted. But the angel had a message for the women, and I love how he sat on top of the stone to deliver the message. He said, I know you seek Jesus who was crucified. He's not here, for he has risen. And the angel then even invited the two Marys into the tomb to see for themselves, just like he would invite Peter into the tomb to see for himself. Now, Jesus had been telling his disciples that he would be raised, but they probably didn't really understand because this was such a stunning event. But it's the ramifications of the event that I think can change your life. And here's the first one. This moment was so important because the resurrection was the climax of the Lord's mission to save the world. Some of the best resurrection theology we have is found in the book of 1 Corinthians 15. So you can follow along with me if you'd like and on your phone or your Bible or tablet. We're going to start in verse 3, 1 Corinthians 15 beginning in verse 3. 
the apostle tells us here, the apostle Paul, that the Lord did die, that he was buried, but that many saw him after he rose again. So we begin in verse 3. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, then to the twelve, the disciples. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep, some have passed away. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he also appeared to me. And Paul, of course, was referring to himself. He was the last one to see Jesus because the Lord met him on the road to Damascus. But in these few verses, we see the essence of why Jesus came to earth. He was on a mission. He came to die on a cross to make payment for sin. And then the apostle confirms that he was buried, he was raised on the third day, he was seen by many, and he fulfilled Old Testament prophecy. That's what he means by according to the scriptures. So the very real resurrection of Jesus then puts an exclamation point on his mission. He was 100% God, but he was also 100% man. And because he was a man, he could stand in our place. The sins that you and I have committed, that we deserve to die for, Jesus went to the cross and paid. And then, remarkably, he rose again as a climax to his mission. Secondly, another major ramification to the resurrection paved the way for his followers to experience the same thing in the future. Here's 1 Corinthians 15, 51-53. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and the mortal body must put on immortality. And here's what that all means. Because Jesus rose from the dead... His followers will too. What hope that is. Christ was raised to life with a brand new resurrection body. And those who choose to follow him will experience the same kind of resurrection during the last times. Then our perishable and mortal bodies that are laced with fatigue and pain and sickness and limitations and an expiration date will be replaced with an imperishable and immortal body. It will be like the Lord's resurrection body. People talked to him, they saw him, they touched him. In fact, they, they bowed and they worshipped him because he was really there, a real body. Even Thomas, we all know, touched those nail scars. And that same moment will be true for you and me. We will rise again with a brand new body to be in heaven with our Lord Jesus Christ. And all that was made possible when Jesus rose from the grave. And so these ramifications are massive. Here's another one. And this is maybe the most important of all. Death no longer gets the last 
say. Death no longer has its power. Death is the greatest enemy of human beings. All of us not only face our own deaths, but we mourn those that we've lost. And for me, I've lost a wife, I've lost a son, and many of you can relate to that kind of of pain. But one day, death will be a thing of the past. We, we, We won't even remember such a thing. And that's remarkable. And that's because death is the result of sin that came into the world when Adam and Eve rebelled against God. And so what Jesus did is he went on a mission to put everything back together again. When he rose from the grave, he defeated that enemy of death. 1 Corinthians 15, 26, and then 55 through 57. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the resurrection. That's the power over death. Can you imagine living in a world without the presence of death? It's going to be amazing. It will happen, but it will only happen for those who give their lives to Jesus, who trust Him for their salvation, because then through His presence in their lives... They will be free from sin and death. And that's what you can have too. You can be a follower of Christ. You can have this kind of hope. Luke now, from the book of Revelation, describes how it will be for those who make a decision to be a Jesus follower. In Revelation 21, 3 and 4, God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death will shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And that information is definitely life-changing. And maybe you're like me. I just long to live without the presence of grief. I long to live in a world without fear, as fear has just descended on our world. I long to live in a world that has no anxiety, so when I get up in the morning, I don't have to be wondering what's going to happen with this and that, lay in bed at night and and, and be thinking about all these things that I'm concerned about. One day, all those things will be gone, and that's all possible because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And because Jesus rose, his followers will rise one day too. And ultimately, death has been defeated. But here's the thing, you have to choose. You have to choose what you believe. You have to choose what direction your life will go in. Because all of this wonderful, life-changing stuff is only available through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And given these uncertain times we live in, and the fact that our lives are so short and eternity is So long. Please, don't just walk past this. Because this is life-changing truth. So let me ask you this question. Will you believe? 
will you believe? That's the most important question that you will ever grapple with. And if you say, yes, I will believe in Jesus, then you've made the best decision of your life. Because Jesus said this about that, what it means to follow him in John eleven twenty five 25, and 26. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And he said this at the tomb of his friend Lazarus. He had just called Lazarus out of the grave. Raised him from the dead. And he looked over at this wonderful woman named Martha. And he said straight out to her, do you believe this? And she said, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ. That you are the Son of God. And that's what it means to believe. And so to come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, there is a pathway to do that. And if you take that pathway, then your future will be in his hands. And you can live in the kind of world that I have described. But here's how it works. First, you have to understand and believe that there is sin. That sin is a problem for you and for me. That it began in the garden and has infected all of us. But even more importantly, you must come to the understanding that you cannot be reconciled to God on your own. That sin has separated us from God to the point where that gap is just unreachable outside of the power of Jesus Christ. And so that's what it means to trust Him for your salvation. And then you must believe that if you don't do anything about that problem you'll be continually separated from God even after you die. And the Bible says that means that you will spend an eternity in hell without God in conscious torment. And you know, that's not a popular thing to say. No one likes to talk about it. But unless I tell you the problem, you can't find an answer. And that is the problem. That's why we call people that are Jesus followers being saved. Hey, I got saved. You hear some people say, it's saved from this kind of a dark future. And there is hope. When you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, when you believe that He died on the cross to pay for sins, the sins that you've committed, the sins that I've committed, when you say you're sorry for those sins and you say, I want to follow you, Jesus, then you will be forgiven of your sin. And your life can be changed forever. The Bible says in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. But here's the good news. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so I ask you again, will you believe? It's as simple as belief that Jesus is the Son of God. Repenting of sin receiving forgiveness. And just like that, you're a child of God and everything changes. Your future will be secure. You will live forever. And He's going to transform your life now too. Maybe not to where you want it to be, but He'll take you to where He wants you to be, which is the best place to go. And all of this is possible because of the resurrection 
that moment paved the way for all of this wonderful truth. And listen, if you're already a follower of Christ, maybe you use this time to rededicate yourself to the cause, to submit yourself further so that you can love Him more deeply and receive more of Him. Because when either you believe for the first time or you just affirm your faith, you'll experience a moment that will change your life forever. And so here's what I want you to do in just a a moment of quietness. I'd love to have you just bow your head and reflect in the quietness of your own heart and own soul and just tell God how you feel. Do you want to follow him for the first time? Well, just tell him that. In the quietness of your heart, it can be as simple as, God, I am sorry for the sins I know I've committed. God, I want to follow you. I believe in you. Do you want to live more completely for him? Then just tell him that. Just say, God, I'm I'm done messing around. I, I want to give all of myself to you. Just take a moment now in the quietness of your heart and have that conversation with God. Thank you for joining us on the Ridgewood Church Podcast. For more faith-based resources or information about Ridgewood Church, visit us at myrwc.org.